Hey, Luke, where are we right now? We're in Lisbon. We are in uh, a conference. <laughs> We're in a conference room. Yeah, a conference yeah. room. So uh, this week, we have a very special episode. We are going to be recording live from the Web Summit. Um, why are you here? Why do you want to be here? I mean, I'm here for work, honestly. Yeah? Like, the fact that you're here is kind of a bummer for me. Oh, you didn't come to hang out with me? No. Oh. This is, this is, no, I'm, I'm here because I, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's, it's hard to put a name on it, but I have basically a bunch of questions that I'm trying to answer for my work, and I think that there is useful information here that may help me answer them. Oh, like what? Um, it's like everything. We're trying to grow something, and uh-huh. here people grow things, so. Digital things. Digital things, yeah. yes. I'm here, so I come every year to the Web Summit uh, because basically there's really no other way to know what people are doing outside of America on the internet at once, in That's one true. place. It is, it is notoriously hard to find a, a connectivity with other countries. In America. Sure, yeah. So like every year I, I try to pick like one thing that I'm kind of curious about. Last year I was super into uh, crypto stuff, which turned out to not be super interesting after all. No. Uh, a lot of TikTok stuff last year. There's not a huge amount of TikTok stuff on the list this year. There's not a lot of huge platform stuff in general here this year, no. which is interesting. Uh, but the one thing that I am very interested in that I have literally ignored actively every single year, can you guess what topic I have literally said, please do not talk to me about without fail? every year that this year I'm hyped about. I mean, I can't imagine anything you've said you're not interested in that you're now hyped about. Like, you're not going to be suddenly really into security for some reason. I have basically actively ignored anyone who wants to talk to me at the Web Summit about AI. Oh, that's interesting. For five years. That's interesting because we have actually... We are looking a little bit at AI and machine learning. Less less AI, AI, more machine learning. But it's definitely more interesting now than it has been in previous years. Well, basically up until now, you couldn't make anything with AI. No. And now you can make stuff. Like I'm literally moderating a panel this week about uh, an application that can make not only a song, but export the tracks individually. Oh, right. Um, someone recently did that, and I'm trying to remember who. I... Oh, no, it was the Peter Jackson Beatles film. Because what they did is they, they the way that they restored some of the music is they actually pulled apart the tracks and then remastered them and then re-uploaded them as individual tracks using AI. Yeah, I'm super pumped about it because I feel like the technology just got good enough within like nine months where now I'm uh, every day I'm seeing something that's happening with AI that I'm interested in. And this year I'm excited to see like how that translates into the business of technology. Cause that's basically what, what this is. It's like a trade show with, with speakers. If you've never yeah. been to the web summit, it's a trade show sort of thing in Lisbon. And it's a really fast way to be like, Oh, this is how people are monetizing the internet or will be. Yeah, exactly. There's also a lot of like, content creator stuff if that's a yeah last year i went to an absolute deranged press conference with uh that guy who does like the inspirational facebook videos he's like the uh the israeli guy oh uh the one who's got like a t-shirt with like a percent of his life that's gone exactly yeah. that guy and um, he like went nuts i'll never remember his name there were no magicians unfortunately but everything else See, this is always the problem with the trade shows they're missing the people who actually make the internet great you'd think that more trade shows would have magicians for sure they would be very good at it so to set up this episode we're going to be checking in throughout the week 
and you're going to hear a little diary of our of our time here. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really good because you're going to you're going to say, "Hey, what did you learn today?" Well, I don't really want to talk about it. Well, here's hey, let's let's do this. What do you think is going to be the most surprising thing for you this week? Like, what do you think you're just tell me what you're expecting that you're not going to expect? I mean, one of the reasons I don't go to conferences usually uh, is that you tend to spend like. 99% of your time or 99% of the time having people tell you things you already know mm. like it's that is how it works right which is why coming to something like this which is has a wider group of people coming to it it's potentially a lot more interesting because you get different things from different places so in terms of the thing that is probably unexpected I, I, AI, is, AI is interesting I think there's I think there's more more stuff there than I'm also yeah AI I also I kind of feel like I'm going to come out of this week uh, with a use case, a real use case for the blockchain. There's one thing that we can promise you about t- about this week's episode. It will involve crypto. We are going to solve <laughs> the market use case for the blockchain. That's why we're here tonight. Yeah, we're the two who can do it. I will say, at Web Summit many years ago, I overheard the most outrageous thing I've ever heard in my life. I was at a bar around the corner from the convention, and a guy and another guy walked by, and one guy goes, I really think that the only way to make a smart city work is by getting the whole thing on the blockchain. <laughs> you laugh. I kind of get that now. The more I, the more I think about this. Okay, so we're doing this in the context of the week of of Elon Musk demanding that we're all going to pay two hundred forty dollars a year for Twitter. I'm doing it. I have to. If I'm not verified on Twitter, I'm verif- I'm not verified in real life. Okay. Have you seen the Jack Dorsey thing? No. The Jack Dorsey thing. He's doing Web Five. He's on Web. Oh, the, his he's, company Web Five. He's, yeah, his company Web Five. Yeah, not the actual Web Five. You know, it's going to be built on Web Five. Oh, He's, sure. His company's Z- Zion V2, which is being built on Web5. Is Zion V2 the second version of the Matrix City Zion? I assume so. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> so too. But it's kind of the first interesting use of the blockchain I've seen in a while Uh-oh. because it is built to... Basically, it, it, rather than kind of being things that exist on the blockchain, it is a kind of a payment system and contactless identity on the blockchain so what it is is kind of every person would have a blockchain identifier and that blockchain identifier would then be a completely secure and b would interface with different apps so you could log into an app with just your blockchain identity and not need to worry about passwords and all the other bits and pieces so on the way here in the subway i don't know if you saw this there's a world coin station. What's what I, I mean is Worldcoin just a type of crypto. Do you not know about this? What is Worldcoin? It's a startup that is offering you one world coin, which they claim will be a cryptocurrency that will take us to the space mm. in exchange for them scanning and saving your retina information to a database. And it's a giant silver ball on the train station, and there's a woman at a desk and she will scan and save your biometric data and give you one world coin. I mean that does sound good. That sounds like a trade off. So I um I did it, and sure. and that's that's my investment for generational wealth. That makes is, sense. Um, I don't I don't have the rights to my own eyes anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, basically, I think I want to come out. Yeah, that's that's my goal for the week. I want to come out with a a, a better understanding. That's my fun of the goal. It's not my actual goal. My yeah. fun goal is I want to come out with a genuine use case for blockchain. I think mine is to drink as much red wine as humanly possible <laughs> but also i would like i would like to finally understand what SaaS is software as a service yeah <laughs> <laughs> come on man how do you not understand this? i don't know it just it seems like i don't maybe you should start with cpas and then move on to SaaS. it just seems like there's so much out there 
with, uh, in the SaaS world that I'm just not tuned into. What SaaS do you want to use? I don't know. Every sign here is like SaaS. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know. Well, it's because SaaS is the one bit that is actually selling something. But they're selling a combination of other people's stuff, right? N no. It's software as a service. Like, the software is kind of... It's not, it's not nearly as complicated as it sounds, basically. It is companies like... I'm trying to think of a, a, a Hold on. Let's not, let's not do this whole thing right now. We right. have a whole episode of this to fill. Okay, right, right, right. My journey this week is about learning what SaaS is. <laughs> okay. Because it seems like everyone loves it, and I don't know much about it, so that's my thing. And you're going to solve the blockchain. Yeah. So, without further ado, here is me and Luke at the Web Summit in Lisbon, Portugal. We can step into a new story. The status quo does not have to win. We want to have a better future. We want to have a future. We must fight. Now it's time for hope. Hey everybody, producer Alan here back in Brooklyn. So that music is actually the theme music for the opening of this year's Web Summit, which I felt like I had to include because it sounds like it should be for an Avengers movie, not for a web conference. Anyway, that was Luke and Ryan on their first day in Lisbon, getting pumped up for all they would experience. Up next is a convo they had on the street at the end of their first full day at the show. Unfortunately, Ryan was basically shouting into the microphone, surprising no one, and thus his audio sounds not great in certain places. I've done my best to fix it, but, you know, sow's ear, silk purse, and all that. Enjoy! So Luke and I are uh, at the Web Summit right now. This is day one or day two, depending on your count. Uh, yeah, I guess day two. Day, it's officially day two. Also, you keep calling it the, the Web Summit. I think it's just Web Summit. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm, we're at eight. We're, it's not. Uh, there's only one. Right, but you, you, you keep. It's referred to as Web Summit. I think this is just information for when you're moderating panels tomorrow. Right. Okay. That's good to know. That's very European in a way to drop the article. We're at Web Summit. We're going to hospital. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I have not seen you all day today, Luke. Uh, what is, uh, what's one important insight you've taken away from today uh, at the Web Summit? Uh, my most important insight, I think, is that there are too many coffee machines, and I've spent most of the day avoid walking around queues of people queuing for a free coffee machine, which I briefly thought was some sort of startup, but I think it's just a coffee machine. I'm really glad you brought this up. So my Web Summit hack, my hack for the Web Summit, is that I go to the bars, the bar cars, and I buy Red Bulls. Okay, so I tried doing that, uh, and I went to buy a water at one point, uh, and they had run out of water. But did they run out of Red Bulls, the question? No, they did not, also did not run out of Coke Zero, so I had a Coke Zero. Okay, good. I'm glad they were both living very healthily at Web Summit. Did you go to any panels today? Uh, yeah, I went to a bunch, mostly kind of like the media stuff, which is why I'm here. Did you learn any good media insights? Please help me with this. I'm trying so hard to make this segment work. Um, well, actually, I mean, I did walk past a bunch of, like, really... Well, I don't want to say interesting startups, but I think the, my favorite startup that I've seen today uh, is a company called Swag giving away free swag to promote their business doing custom swag. That is kind of smart, though, in a weird way. It's not It's not a terrible idea, but it's uh, it was one of the things you're looking at where... So it was. Just, it felt so self-referential that it was impossible. 
Okay, so I have this question with a lot of companies here, which is, how is that a tech company? Well, I mean, the number one type of company that gives away swag is tech companies. So I, from that perspective, it makes sense. But no, you're absolutely right about the, the idea. You're looking at a lot of this stuff and being like, is this a tech company? No, but so I guess that would be like, you know how it's like in a gold rush, you want to sell the shovels? The swag company is selling the thing that makes the shovels for the gold rush. Right, but a lot of people are also selling tools to build tools to sell, build shovels. Yeah, uh, I, I, so I learned a bit about this today when I went to the SaaS monster stage, which is the software as a service monster stage. And I learned all about SaaS companies, which are basically that. Uh, it's just aggregating various services into other services uh, to manage the services that you're doing that, you, uh, that other services are powering. Yes, that is, that is what SaaS is. <laughs> uh, I found it fascinating. Uh, I did also go to a bunch of AI talks today. And I got to say, AI is much more interesting when you see it than when you have to listen to people talk about it. Okay, that is interesting. What, what, what have you seen the AI do? This is the problem. Not much. In fact, I was listening to this talk from a guy who has an app called PixArt. And he said that he's got a free generative AI in his app that you can download. And I thought, wow, that's pretty crazy. So I downloaded it. And the AI seems to be locked behind like a very expensive paywall for their gold option. And then the app normally is just like a fun photo collage app. And he showed some examples of like, we generated an astronaut riding on a horse kind of thing. And it was just extremely boring. And it, I think it's really fascinating how boring the AI companies are about like, possibly like the technology that changes the human race forever. But they're up there being like, this is how we rotoscoped a factory so we could do a virtual tour. Right. I mean, I looked at a lot of the a lot of the AI companies and there is there are, like it should be said there are a bunch of companies that are doing really interesting stuff and if you want to kind of like see the value of it it's worth walking around the uh, and talking to the people doing the health stuff um, because there's a bunch of stuff there that's like hey we're like fixing the kind of journey of cancer so that like the correct notes arrive with the correct people and the correct treatment happens at the correct time and I'm like that's really useful and there's a lot of AI stuff in that which feels very very good and important and then the actual people kind of who are just like we are an AI company are just doing mad shit like rotoscoping a astronaut on a horse <laughs> yeah there's this really weird talk i was in for another ai company where they were talking about replacing customer service representatives with conversational ais and that was like a big focus for them and then in the same breath they were saying how excited they were to send ai doctor apps to quote unquote poor people countries that was the, the actual quote was they're sending to poor people countries yeah that's what they said I think it was countries with poor people, but yeah, that's the idea. And uh, I just thought it was a, a fascinating display of cognitive dissonance to say on one end, we're going to replace very low income service workers with our AIs and then send our AI doctors to treat people in developing countries and see like no difference, how the, like how those two things could be connected in any way. Yeah, that's a, that is a mad thing to say. But again, as a pure benefit, if you can improve the diagnosis of conditions early, particularly if you're looking at things like uh, malaria or uh, I think the big one at the moment is, is there's, there's an eye condition that is like really, really affects a lot of children, like a lot of babies. And if there's like, a, hey, we can like improve that, get early diagnosis, get a solution even quicker, save someone's sight, like it's very much worth it. But then the phrasing of it is just not good. It's not great. The other mad thing I saw today was uh, the Q&A with the Binance guy, CZ. Yeah, I mean, we watched his thing last night and the impression that I was left with was that he does not understand his own product and owns a, 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 an exchange by accident. Well, he did say literally on stage that he does not use it. He does not trade crypto, 
which is a fun fact for you. Also, last year, the crypto guys treated the Web Summit like a rock concert the whole time. And last night on stage, the audience did laugh at the Binance guy. Yeah, they definitely did. The, the, there is still an awful lot of crypto stuff here, an awful lot of, but it's, it's drifted more into blockchain than it has in pure cryptocurrency, which is really interesting. I have noticed that too. I think it's because it's easier to make shit up about what a blockchain can eventually do in the future than pr making any promises about crypto, which has not panned out well for people. Yes, yeah, so there's not been a very crypto heavy day, so I have not yet solved the blockchain, but uh, I'm planning that to be. That was your goal, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm but yeah, that's, that's for tomorrow because yeah, today's already been a crypto day. I agree. I, I think tomorrow is the day that we solve the blockchain. I have mastered SaaS. That, is, that was my project today. I mean, I will say that you could potentially have just looked it up on Wikipedia and had the, the facts there. I love watching people on stage talk about it, though. Um, one thing I did find interesting today, and I noticed right off the bat, was how much of what I'm seeing this year at Web Summit seems to just be based on the random whims and ramblings of rich people in Silicon Valley. And it's all very vague, like the metaverse stuff, the crypto stuff, the AI stuff. It all just feels extremely fuzzy because I don't get the impression that a lot of these companies are totally thinking through, particularly the metaverse. They're just trying to like make a thing to talk about the thing, but they're not really thinking about how it works or how it could work or why it exists. Yeah, the metaverse stuff here is is odd, I would say. I, I, I haven't yet seen a, a kind of a really good metaverse thing and every metaverse thing they seem to be going like, you could do uh, rec recruitment in the metaverse. It's like, why? <laughs> also, there's actually a, this, another quite funny thing about it is because obviously they naturally put all of the uh, startups next to each other that are doing uh, kind of like in the same sector and the number of them that are just doing the same thing as each other so you just have like four in a row it's like hey we fixed recruiting and we've all we're all using a chatbot and it's like well I mean, one of you is going to get this <laughs> i felt a similar way watching the guy from figma speak so if people are familiar figma is a startup that was just bought for an absolutely outrageous sum of money by adobe and he had this very inspirational talk that really just boiled down to we made google docs comments fun and the whole audience was like taking photos of his slides being like, ooh, ah, it's a picture of a sticky note on a computer screen. And I just thought, this is just stuff to manage the other stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. So I basically think there are three categories of startups here. There's, there's uh, one which is actually making useful things like robots and that cool shit. Uh, very small group. <laughs> Two, which is a much bigger group, is basically slightly overcomplicated uh, macros for doing automating a simple task. Uh, and then the big one is just database management. The vast majority of these, comp these companies are just like, we just need to manage this database slightly better. And many of those are solving database management in a broadly similar way to an already existing product. There are like five things in there that are just Jira. <laughs> and it's like, we have Jira. Like, why, why are you reinventing Jira with different colors? What is Jira? Uh, Jira is like a product management thing for like, tickets and product development and dev, basically. Yeah, it's a lot of that stuff. It's a lot of people who uh, seem to enjoy the culture of making technology, but don't really seem to care much about what it is they're making in a weird way. Yeah, there's an awful lot of people that feel it feels like don't have much experience outside the concept of doing startups and going to startup conferences. I was going to say just outside. Well, that too. But it means that when they talk to people, like the number one problem they come up with is the problems of other startup people, which are all based around like, 
hey, we're trying to manage a project. We're trying to uh, communicate with a new nascent team or whatever. And it's like, well, hang on, this is, a pro this is a problem that applies to essentially everyone at this conference and no one else in the world. I did just spend the last half hour working next to a group of Americans living in Europe who spent the whole conversation talking about how living in a multi-house compound COVID bubble during the pandemic was some of the chillest, most wonderful times of their life because they could just like help look after each other's children and like go for runs and like really reconnect. That sounds good. Yeah, it does sound good. Uh, so what is, what, what, what's like one thing on your list for tomorrow that you're kind of looking forward to? Uh, I mean, I, 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 I can't check my phone because we're recording on this, but um, there's a lot of crypto stuff tomorrow, which I think is potentially quite interesting. I think so too. I think, I think I'm more interested in the crypto stuff this year because I think the crowd is actually, as much as we're sort of like making a little fun of everyone here, I do think the crowd is this year much more ready to push back on some of this stuff. I did see like a 200 person, all male crowd gather around the Binance guy. But other than that, it does feel like this year people are a little less willing to suck up a bunch of bullshit from crypto people because it's like dazzling and new. Plus none of them can afford the ticket now. Also that. So it's our last day at the Web Summit. Uh, it's it's your last day. I'm I'm here tomorrow. Oh right. Well, it's my last day at the Web Summit, and uh, I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, Luke, have you learned anything this week? I mean, I spent this morning looking at some metaverse stuff, and we've always said that the metaverse stuff is is kind of bollocks, and there's no real implementation for it, and there's no use case for it. Uh, and I can't emphasize how true that is. <laughs> I was hoping that I would kind of say, oh, okay, I kind of see what like the version of this is, which I a little bit do with crypto, a little bit do with the blockchain. Like there is a use case for this, even if it's not how it's currently being used. No one knows what the metaverse is. Every metaverse idea is just someone coming up with a version of a, a second life. Yeah, I had a conversation this morning with someone who was working in Web3, which they described as NFTs, ownership, blockchain, VR, generative art, like the whole blob. And I was trying to be polite because uh, I didn't want to grill the guy too hard. And there was just this sort of like question mark, question mark, question mark, and then we'll all make money. And the question mark, question mark, question mark part just doesn't get answered. And when you, when you press these people on it, whether it's the crypto metaverse or the VR metaverse or both, they just don't seem to know or care about how we get to the point where everyone's making money and living on the internet all the time. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. I spoke to someone this morning whose thing was a, basically they were like, we have a metaverse for testing our cars. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. That kind of seems like a, a thing. Sure. You know, if you're building a car, you need to test it. And it's like an early way to do it. And they're like, well, we'll do it in the metaverse. I'm like, okay, that, that seems like something. But I'm like, then it's like, okay, but why the metaverse? Why not just an, a, a simulation that tests your car that doesn't need to be, why, why do you also need to connect to Facebook? Right. That's yeah. And like, I mean, to me, it just feels so much a product of the pandemic. And what's really crazy is that like everyone's talking about the metaverse being this thing that lets us do everything remote. And it's like, why? 
Is it because you're planning you're planning for the next lockdown? Like, like other than that, I can't really think of the logic case. I mean, this is also true because there are an awful lot of startups here that are based around remote work. A ton of them. And it's kind of like, okay, but is this significantly different to Zoom or Slack? And in most cases, it is not significantly different to Zoom or Slack. Yeah, it's all very fuzzy. And I think that's the theme this year in terms of the people that are here. They have these very fuzzy ideas about what tech should be, which seem to be largely based on what rich guys in America said nine months to 13 months ago. And they're just trying to like make it work now. But like, there's no need to make it work. Yeah, exactly. The, the Mark Zuckerberg has said we are doing the metaverse. Elon Musk has said we are doing, I guess, I guess, the I guess, well, I, I guess, the everything I mean, I guess Jack Dorsey is probably the biggest, like, real Bitcoin booster. Yeah. Like, well, no, he's not even a Bitcoin booster. He's a blockchain booster. Did you, did you sit through the Board Ape Yacht Club presentation today? I did not. So, I will say the, the, the representative from the Board Ape Yacht Club from Yuga Labs was very personable. She's like a very, to the point PR person kind of figure, but there's just something so dark about the vibes. And I don't know how to describe it other than I just got a really bad feeling all the time they were speaking. But this also then comes back to the, the Binance guy that we heard on uh, Tuesday, which is he very much felt like someone who did this by accident and wasn't really meaning to. And I think the board ape, that maybe that's kind of the story of it this year. It is there are an awful lot of accidental founders who are not people who have thought deeply about what their product does or, or what the need of it is. But because of the scale of investment, particularly during the pandemic, where I mean, my favorite chart is the one where you compare the Tesla stock price and the Bitcoin stock price, because they are like a one to one match of up and down. Yes, because it's the same people investing in it. So a bunch of money flooded into the market essentially randomly was randomly assigned to companies, some of which are good and have smart, interesting founders, some of which are dumb and have boring founders. Um, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing now is this, yeah, this scattergun approach is just very random of who is on stage. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. It also feels like the hype cycles around technology have reached a point where people enjoy the hype so much that it's become its own product in a way. And I felt that way with the Board Ape Yacht Club, where this lady's on stage and she's talking about how excited the community was to be part of a community and how they were doing events because the community wanted to do events and how the community was excited that they were building their metaverse platform and all this stuff. And I'm like, so it's just like the community is like LARPing through the early stages of a startup together. Yeah, I mean... The strongest way you can build any product is have a really dedicated community to it. It's really effective for both growth and retention and all of the good metrics. But at this point, the community is the product. There is no wider product that they are working towards. They are just a community. They're just acquiring internet users to just be in their chat room and then getting billion dollar valuations from it. Yeah, it's the, I mean, again, like the product is not mad. It's the, it's the valuation that's mad. It's also literally the story of Figma. The guy was on stage being like, our secret is that we work with our community to design tools they want. And he's on stage being like, they don't even have to be good because the community enjoys the process of making them better. And that was like his tip was to ship bad products and then let the users critique them and fix them because they enjoy that. And it's like, I guess, but it does just feel like we've just created this like weird system that we're all just participating in and then making valuations out of thin air based on the participation. And it doesn't make any sense. 
But like, Figma is a really good example of there is a product there. It makes sense. It works. It has a use case. It has natural users, and it has growth. And then it's the valuation of it that's so out of whack. And it's because, yeah, it's because oh, we've got a community, therefore it's like more valuable. It's also like the intermediary technology stuff here is really weird. Where no one is really selling the thing; they're selling the thing that helps you interface with the thing. Yes, I mean, it's kind of a thing at all conferences is that everyone ends up talking to the other people at the conference who are a very limited subset, which is what we were saying yesterday. But yeah, there's an awful lot of people who are selling the tools to make the tools. Right. Do you do you feel like you have a better sense of like the European tech scene now? Yes, but I don't like it. <laughs> Why? Well, I. It's again. It's kind of a lot of the stuff we said yesterday, which is that most of these apps are essentially database management, or a slightly improved Slack bot that's based on AI. And I always think, like, you know, there are transformational uses of technologies, and there are iterative uses of technology. Like, if you make a marginally better Slack bot that pulls in a bunch of better information, like it is a gain but it's not transformative. And I think an awful lot of the stuff that we're looking at right now is iterative, not transformative. And I haven't seen something here that is like, I'm, that I'm like, oh wow, this could really change everything. Yeah, it, I think we're in between waves in a way that's like very noticeable and was probably true last year, but there was all this sort of spectacle around, particularly crypto. And now that that frenzy is dying down, we're still left with this urge to hype stuff up. And so all these companies are saying like, we're going to do this or that, or we're, you know, we're going to create the future this way or that way. And it's like, but we're not at the future yet. We're like in between the steps we have to actually take to get to the metaverse, to get to web three or whatever it is, to get to an AI that a consumer can use to become an artist in their pocket or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of where it, where it comes to, which is that all of these products are bluntly, everyone is trying to work towards things that they think are transformative, but are not. Like the blockchain is not transformative in any use case I've seen for it. And the metaverse is not transformative in any use case I've seen for it. It's essentially an improved conference calling software, which is a mad thing to spend $70 billion on. Yeah, I've asked a lot of the blockchain people here just a very simple question, which is why use the blockchain? Why not just not use the blockchain? And they love to say because of ownership and owning your own data. And then I'm like, but what are you owning? Like, the, And then they don't really know. And then it gets uncomfortable because either they haven't thought about it or they have. And if they have thought about it, it means I know they're lying to me. And if they haven't thought about it, it means I'm watching them in the process realize like they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, aside from anything else, like the lesson of the last, I don't know, two decades of tech and internet development is that people do not care about ownership. They don't care about owning their own music. They don't, they don't care about buying an album that they own forever. They're happy to pay a subscription for it. They don't care about their own privacy. Maybe they should, but they don't. Uh, and they were happy to give it all away. So the idea that ownership is going to be a transformative thing is just like, it doesn't match with anything that we have learned from the last 20 years. Speaking of which, I, uh, I've talked to a lot of people this week about Elon Musk and Twitter, and I heard something this morning that I keep tossing around in my head because it's so mad. Uh, a tech founder, who I will not name for this, argued that paying $8 a month for Twitter verification is like the equivalent of paying a tax to keep your public park clean. Okay, so <laughs> I was tweeting about this the other day, and I am, I am on board with paid verification for Twitter. I think it works. I think, I think that 
everyone is thinking about it the wrong way. It is not, you're not paying to be verified. You're paying to use a better version of Twitter. And if everyone pays to use a better version of Twitter or 40% of people who pay to use a better version of Twitter and they are not trolls, spam bots, people randomly showing abuse at you, you then have a better use of Twitter. And, and you can then use the paid verification system to basically deprioritize people who have accounts and content that you don't like who doesn't like that that's an open question but in theory i can see it working so i guess the question is is twitter blue socialist uh it's municipal socialism that's right it's uh twitter is now a co-op that we're all paying into yeah exactly it's like a very fancy farmer's market yeah i think no matter what by adding in a freemium option to twitter it creates a less egalitarian network for better or worse Right. But I think that we have demonstrated effectively that an egalitarian version of Twitter is not good or fun to use. It's not fun to use, but it, you know, it, has, it has created a lot of bad things in the world, but it has also created a lot of good things in the world. Right. But you can maintain the good things without necessarily getting rid of, rid of the... Well, getting rid of some of the bad things. Like, like okay, if, if the best use case of Twitter is kind of digital activism slash... Uh, an egalitarian way for people to get get better at what they're doing, like like and funny memes and funny memes. But like you know, if someone can basically become famous on Twitter and then get a job out of it, that's a pretty good use case of Twitter. I guess, but then that basically just turns it into LinkedIn again. No, but but what I mean is like you know, if you if you are using Twitter, you become well known on Twitter, and then you turn that into a, a gig or a side gig or a, a talking headshot on TV or whatever it is. Like, this is kind of a journalistic use case, but it does exist for other reasons, otherwise as well. Like, I know tech people uh, often kind of meet people through something like Twitter. <laughs> and yes. like, it, it, is, it is useful, and, and that is a good use case. And if people are saying, like, no, I will pay my $8 because I think in a year's time I could get some opportunities off Twitter, I, don't, I think that's a good use case for, for it. And a, a, a widely, verif widely used paid verification system would go well with that. I think the whole thing smacks of class. It does. It does. Thank you guys for listening to this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you don't mind the uh, the different soundscapes that you're being introduced to this week. Uh, we thought this would be a fun little project uh, because I think Alan needs to spend less time watching Viking stuff. And so we made a really complicated thing for him to put together this week. He needs to be challenged. Yeah, I think it's important to keep Alan busy. Um, but I want to thank him for doing this and putting up with this. Um, I want to thank the Web Summit for inviting us. This was super fun. It was great to run around, and it's a cool event. I, I really enjoy doing it every year. And uh, we will see you next week in London at Bad Posters Club. It is sold out. We are very excited about it. Also, we have some very interesting news to share, which is that we are Love the Award winners. Uh, it is a, it's like the European version of the Webbies. We have won an award for Best Single Podcast Episode. Yeah, when we discovered this yesterday, it then took us about 30 minutes to figure out how the awards worked, which we, in retrospect, should have done first. I don't think it diminishes it. It just It's a little more complicated than we were expecting. Yeah, but we did win, and that's all that matters. All that matters in life is winning and closing deals. That's what I learned this week. Thank you, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> it's about closing deals. Oh, also, we are on the road right now, so we do not have time to do a content you consume to say sane bonus episode but we'll do a nice big one for you next week in the meantime luke have you consumed any content to stay sane this week i saw black adam and i did not like it interesting i watched barbarian the horror movie about an airbnb made by the guy from whitest kids you know it's like the number one horror movie in america right now it's uh 
an incredible movie for 45 minutes, and then it's like a very solid B movie for the remainder of it. There's like a twist. And once you get to the twist, it's a lot less interesting and becomes essentially a different movie, but that different movie is fine. Interesting. Have you watched uh, The Bear yet? No. So I can't share my explanation for why The Bear is reverse scrubs yet, but we'll get to that soon. See you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Hey, producer Alan, one more time. So that was Luke and Ryan at the Web Summit. Definitely appreciated the challenge of putting this all together this week. It was super fun. If you enjoyed hearing the guys out and about in the world, definitely let us know. You can always send us an email to thecontentminds at substack.com or honestly better, just DM the show on Twitter at thecontentminds. Also, I would like to clarify that I watch lots of things that are not Viking related. Star Wars Andor, for example, which I think is the best Star Wars show we've ever had. And yet almost no one is watching it. Anyway, as a final treat, here's a last bit of tape of our lads at the Web Summit talking about how good they are at recording themselves out in the wild. How do you feel about that? You feel like that was it's great. It's good. I feel less uncomfortable talking to you in person now. What, because we've done it before? Or? Yeah, this is like our third time doing it. Um, but I feel less yeah, uncomfortable it doing it. It's less weird. Um, we should also... Hey, Alan, uh, our listeners really like hearing from you, so you should do a little tag at the end of this. Yeah, explain how annoying the audio that we've provided is. Yeah, and also like include this part, too. Yeah, because I am recording this on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm recording it on my laptop. In the same room, yeah. which is mostly metal and glass. Because we've, we don't record in person, so we have actually no way... No. Oh yeah, we're in a we're in a fairly crowded room that is mostly metal and glass. Yeah, I can see. I can. I can see. What's the thing, what's the thing called? I can never remember the name of the a, thing. A waveform. The waveform. I can yeah. see the waveform moving because I can hear other people's voices at the same time. So it's yeah. The audio is going to be really bad. Have you tapped the mic to see if you actually are recording out of that microphone? Yeah, no, I have. It's got external microphone, USB. I tested and all. Test, test, test. See. Okay, great, perfect. I feel like we we did it. Mm-hmm.